0: Hello and welcome to In The Shower with Taz and Marcus A bite-sized informative podcast made to be listened to In The Shower But you can listen to it wherever you want
1: The whole point of this podcast is that we take the mysteries of the world The questions you have always wondered the answer to And we answer them, we debunk them in a bite-sized informative way Thus far we've answered questions like
0: Why do we have a dominant hand?
1: Do plants have feelings?
0: Why do we kiss with tongues? It's gross.
1: Why does our hair turn grey?
0: And loads, loads more.
1: I suppose you could say
0: we expand your mind while you wash your behind.
1: And this week is no different.
0: This week is, is a little bit different. It's a bit, it's a bit more serious than yeah, our usual. Week, question. Yeah, this
1: This week's episode is definitely a bit more serious.
0: Like we, we we've talked about like bum wiping and. Tongue kissing and stuff like that. This is, but this is getting real.
1: This is getting real. I feel like Marks and I are going to take our podcasting social responsibility here, and do an episode that hopefully will help everybody help the environment.
0: What is this week's topic?
1: This week's question is. Why is plastic so bad? Okay, so as I said, this episode is going to be bleak enough. There's no denying it. Plastic production and plastic pollution are two of the leading concerns when we look at environmental issues. But most of us, including me really, and probably you too, don't really know the ins and outs of why it's that bad.
0: Yeah, plastic was created to be, like, this amazing material that could break boundaries and make, you know, everything just more convenient. Like, it was cheap, easy, everything like that. And now it's just gotten crazy. It's like, you know, in the same way that dynamite um, was created for good and mining and everything like that. And then all of a sudden it was, like, blowing people up. Exactly. Yeah, it just got way out of hand.
1: That's exa- it's kind of it's, it's similar, actually, yeah.
0: So, like, if we go back to the beginning, when was plastic actually created? When did this all start?
1: So we're going to go way back to 1907 when a lad called Leo Bakeland invented Bakelite, the first fully synthetic plastic, meaning it contained no molecules found in nature. Bakeland had been searching for a synthetic substitute for shellac, which is a natural electrical insulator, to meet the needs of the rapidly electrifying United States. Bakelite was not only a good insulator, it was also durable, heat-resistant, and ideally suited for mechanical mass production. Marketed as the material of a thousand uses, Bakelite could be shaped or moulded into pretty much anything, providing endless possibilities. Bakeland's successes led major chemical companies to invest in the research and development of new polymers, and then new plastics soon joined.
0: That is absolutely mental. I did, for one, I thought it was more recent. Plastic, the first fully synthetic material, dates far back as 1907. Mm. So, I mean, did it take off that fast?
1: World War II kind of necessitated a great expansion of the plastic industry in the US alone. Nylon, invented by Wallace Carruthers in 1935 as a synthetic silk, was used during the war for parachutes and ropes, body armour, helmet liners and so much more. Plexiglass provided an alternative to glass for aircraft windows. And a Time magazine noted that because of the war... Plastics have been turned to new uses and the adaptability of plastics demonstrated all over again. During World War II, plastic production in the US alone increased by 300%.
0: What? Yeah,
1: isn't that mad?
0: So literally it just took a war to, to make plastic mainstream. Back then everyone was pro-plastic. Everyone thought it was great. They were having plastic parties. They were digging <laughs> it. But did they know about the negatives?
1: So the optimism about plastics absolutely did not last. So plastic debris in the oceans was first observed in kind of like the 1960s. In 1969, a major oil spill occurred off the Californian coast. This polluted the Cuyahoga River in Ohio, which caught fire, raising concerns about pollution. As awareness about environmental issues spread, people definitely started to get more clued in on the negative effects of plastic.
0: So that's that's in the late 60s. That's like 69 and at that point, were people recycling? Like, Were they, were they kind of, was this a thing at that point?
1: Not, not quite. So about 20 years later in the 1980s, the plastic industries led an influential drive, encouraging cities and towns to collect and process recyclable materials as part of their waste management systems. However, as you may have guessed, recycling is far from perfect and most plastics still end up in landfills or in the environment. It's definitely better than landfill alone, but believe it or not, 79% of plastics produced over the last 70 years or so have been thrown away, either into landfill sites or into the general environment. Just 9% is recycled and the rest is incinerated.
0: That's terrifying. Yeah, I know. 79% of the plastic in the last 70 years. Like, I cannot get my head around how much plastic that is. Yeah. So that's, I suppose, God, like, that, I'm shocked by that. And so that's kind of the, the story of the history of plastic and where it came from. Now, I suppose, getting to the question of the episode, why is it so bad?
1: Okay, so here goes it. First... To make plastic, we of course need oil. Before we can even address the issues discarded plastics present to the planet, we have to talk about the dangers they cause to the environment as they are just simply being produced. Petroleum and natural gas are required to manufacture plastics. For the 30 million plastic bags used in the US per year alone, 12 million barrels of oil are required. And for all of the water bottles manufactured in the US each year, roughly 17 million barrels of oil are needed just for plastic disposable water bottles
0: i can't even visually imagine what 17 million barrels would look like and that's that's just for plastic bottles like that's if you you're going to get a a bottle of, a bottle of river rock or evian and you're just chucking it
1: that's exactly it and also the drilling transportation and processing of this oil into plastic materials is an energy-intensive process that involves burning fossil fuels, which ultimately furthers the effects of climate change. Estimates for the amount of carbon released from plastic manufacturing vary, anywhere from kind of 100 million to 500 million tonnes per year as the direct result of plastic manufacturing. So before we get to the issues of waste, just to produce plastic, we are hurting the environment that much.
0: That, uh, that, like, my jaw is on the floor. Like, I knew plastic was bad, but so far, like, this is this is terrifying. Sorry, listeners, if you are also terrified, if you're holding a plastic bottle right now going, what have I done? <laughs> Jesus, but, like, it's it's mad. We, we hear a lot about how plastic is polluting our seas and our rivers and everything like that. I had no idea how destructive it is to produce in the first place.
1: On that point, before we chat about the plastic production in our oceans and seas, let's talk about landfill. While it would be nice to think that all plastics end up in a recycling plant once they are done with, it just ain't true. Sadly, about 80% of plastic water bottles used each year end up in landfill. That's roughly 38 billion water bottles.
0: 38 billion?
1: 38 billion water bottles. Numbers for shopping bags are even worse. Between and 3% of plastic bags are recycled, sending an estimated 100 billion plastic bags to landfill each year. Think that that plastic has just been created, harming the planet just so you can contain your water or your food in it for an hour or so, then for it to be dumped.
0: I suppose, yeah, that's single-use plastic, isn't it? Like plastic that's just used once and dumped.
1: Correct. And while landfills are designed to withhold their materials and seclude them from the surrounding environment, landfills often end up leaking a variety of nasty pollutants. Leachate, liquid that forms as materials break down in a landfill, often leaks through the lines of the landfill and can pollute groundwater below. Greenhouse gases like methane are produced from decaying material inside landfills, leaking into the atmosphere and furthering climate change.
0: Jesus, this episode is so bleak.
1: <laughs> I know. But
0: you know what? I actually, like, I'm learning here and it's it's showing me how important it is to make an effort. Yeah. So then plastic that, that's not in landfills is it in the oceans.
1: Exactly. Oh, my God. although it's kind of difficult to identify exactly how much plastic is in the ocean due to microparticles and the amount that is just sunk to the bottom, most scientists estimate that 8 million metric tonnes of plastic end up in our oceans each year, adding to the estimated 150 million metric tonnes that currently are circulating our oceans. Kind of to put that number into perspective, the amount, think about this, yeah, is equivalent to a garbage truck, a massive bin lorry yeah. of plastic being dumped into the ocean every minute of every year. What? Every minute of every year, one of those massive trucks, uh, rubbish trucks being dumped
0: Packed to, capacity to the brim to
1: plastic. plastic, every minute of every year. And just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, according to Ocean Conservancy in 2050... Scientists predict that there will be more plastic in the oceans than there are fish.
0: Oh no, like, no more, f-
1: th- more
0: plastic than fish. I know. So like, no Nemo, no Dory. I know. That's insane. That, I, I don't want to live in that world.
1: And Marcus, I know this next one is going to be particularly hard for you to take. I don't know if I
0: can take any more of this. I feel emotionally battered.
1: By producing and dumping plastic, we're killing the mood for fish
0: killing the mood for fish, other than they don't want to boink
1: Yeah.
0: because there's like bits of plastic floating by them maybe it's just that people are disposing condoms in the sea and fish are using them and not reproducing but you know what I don't want to have any part to play in this <laughs>
1: <laughs> so plastics in aquatic ecosystems don't just become a problem when they are wrapped around an animal we've all seen pictures of turtles Turtles and whales being wrapped up in plastic or end up blocking their digestive systems. Plastic can also introduce a chemical warfare in the bodies of the fish and scientists are actually finding that it is killing the reproductive health of many fish species. Scientists have observed BPA exposure to some freshwater fish species as a source of confusion for the fish which makes it difficult for them to pursue their own species to mate. Clearly, a fish of one species attempting to mate with a fish of another species will not result in reproductive success for either.
0: So plastic is killing wildlife and sea life. Is it good is it good or bad for us? I mean, obviously it's it's convenient and everything, but is it actually is it bad? Like if fish are ingesting plastic and we ingest the, the fish, that couldn't be good. Absolutely, surely.
1: absolutely. So fish consume plastics both Intentionally and unintentionally and these plastics, depending on how long they've been floating in the water for, may have a variety of chemicals attached to them such as heavy metals, PCBs and other pollutants. Once fish absorb these chemicals from ingested plastic, these chemicals are free to enter the bodies of the fish and enter the bodies of anything higher up in the food chain including humans.
0: So just to hammer it home a little bit more, plastic is bad. I hear you loud and clear. It's killing fish, it's polluting landfills, and only a tiny percentage of it is being recycled, like a terrifyingly small amount. Are there any upsides here? Are there any positives?
1: Well, genuinely, for the first time, human beings from all walks of life are really taking a massive interest in the environment and plastic production. We're seeing a huge increase in the amount of reusable coffee cups and water bottles being used, as well as supermarkets making a bigger effort to stock unpackaged veg and food. Sure, we're doing an episode, which we definitely would not have done a few years ago, on plastic production.
0: So, if there's anyone listening to this who's looking to decrease their amount of single-use plastic, what's a good starting point?
1: There's absolutely loads of kind of hints and tricks. If anyone took... If everyone took these little steps, it would make such a huge difference. I'm going to get you to read out some of them because I feel like this is just me chatting the whole episode. No, but
0: you know what? There, there was a good message in this episode and I think it's important. Um,
1: so hit me with the first one.
0: First off, buy yourself a reusable coffee cup. Um, Taz and I, we both have plastic keep cups that we love. Uh, they're nicer to drink out of. Usually you get a discount in your local coffee shop. And also, like they'll last for years.
1: On that note, get a reusable water bottle, again, for all the above reasons. Plus, it will absolutely get you to drink more water.
0: Um, Taz just bought me an Ion 8 leak-proof water bottle. We're not sponsored by them or anything. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's what is the one that I have. And I try not to leave the house without it. It's like a 500ml bottle, and I'm probably drinking three or four litres of water a day because I just keep it in my bag and refill it everywhere. It's great. Um, Another is, of course, shopping bags. If you have a tote bag in your backpack or handbag, You'll never know when you might need them. They fold down really small, they're convenient, they're easy. Worst case, if you've forgotten your bag, look around the shop for a cardboard box or ask someone working there and then recycle that box.
1: Something new that I've introduced in 2018 is a shampoo bar. I bought one from Lush. It was about 8 euro and it's lasted about two months. I buy the seaweed one and it leaves my hair feeling better than any shampoo ever has. How good does my hair look, Marcus?
0: Absolutely phenomenal. <laughs> um, when buying groceries, try to buy loose when you can. Um, I know they can be more expensive but for the sake of an extra 50 euro a year, you could be greatly be cutting down on your plastic consumption um, which could cut down on associated fees and just make your life a lot easier and you would be a better person. Um, on that note, Bring your own lunch boxes to the to the butcher, to the bakery instead of getting a disposable container as well. These are little things that once they become a habit, it'll it'll just You won't even
1: realise you're doing it. You won't it.
0: even realise you're doing it. It'll just be and it's good for everyone.
1: Finally, say no to straws. Often bartenders will put straws in our drinks without even realizing they are doing it. So when you're ordering, say something along the lines of two delicious sex in the beaches, please, Mr. Bartender, and I'm okay for the straws.
0: <laughs> just like that
1: just like that or use paper straws yeah that's it yeah true.
0: absolutely so in conclusion plastics are bad but you can be good
1: you can be good and if we all group together we can make a difference if all of you who are listening to this podcast implemented just one or two of the changes that we listed there we really could make a change for the better
0: boom <laughs> boom <laughs> was a little break from our usual kind of episode there. Um wasn't all fun and jokes and everything like that, but honestly, I hope that you, you take something away from this one.
1: It is kind of, it it, it it wasn't as upbeat and cheery, but we can do things to make a difference in this scenario. We can help this scenario get better so I hope that everyone listening does so.
0: Yeah, if, we, if even one of you
1: On that note, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know when it started, you may have been a bit like, oh, God, I was expecting Taz and Marcus to talk about poo, and then we started talking about plastic production, which isn't as funny as poo. But thank you so much for sticking sticking it through for the last 15 or so minutes. We love you.
0: You are absolutely wonderful. If you want to get in touch with us, it couldn't be easier. Um, go onto Facebook and search In The share with Taz and Marcus um, or if you want to get us on Twitter, it's at In The Shower Pod.
1: If you want to say hi or that you like the podcast or, of course, if you have a question that you would like us to answer on In The Shower with Taz and Marcus, send us an email to in podcast at gmail.com.
0: Couple of thank yous uh, just before we wrap up the episode. A big thank you to Alan and Paddy and all the crew in the Head Stuff Podcast Network.
1: Next up, thank you so much Flo Robinson for doing our cover art. We love you, Flo. Flo,
0: you are a hero. Big thank you to Dave Gertzman, our jingle man. Uh, check him out on Instagram at Dave's davesrecordorama.
1: Before we announce what next week's question is, I want to ask one more favour. I've just released a fictional podcast. It's a six-part series called Prospect 57, and the story follows a hate crime that was committed on the night of pride on an LGBT bartender. It's really, really great. Six 30-minute episodes. I'd love if you had a listen. And I'd love if you let me know if you like it.
0: It is absolutely fantastic. I've had a listen and I'm so proud of has. So do have a listen. Uh, it's called Prospect 57. It's available on iTunes and any podcast platform.
1: Exactly. Have a listen. Next week's question, Marcus. Next
0: week's question comes from Bridget Boyden. And she asks, ooh, chili. What causes brain freeze?
1: That episode is going to be out next Monday in time for your morning shower. But in the meantime, keep scrubbing!